Mike, turn your games down. Hi, we're doing another spooky movie episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Helberton, and who's looking sus with me tonight? I hate that it's everybody's favorite cheating bitch, Kenneth Sanity. Oh, sorry, my turn. <laughs> I'm Tiffany Elberton. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And 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 I'm Bill Tucker from the Gamer Looks at Forty podcast. And they're not Swedish, Mike. They're Norwegian. Right? <laughs> Just so you know, because so you're aware. Because yeah. he's a racist bastard, I guess. Oh boy. <laughs> That's how I took it. Because he keeps saying it. I'm like, he does. I think he's Swedish yeah. multiple times, and the guy keeps correcting him. Uh, Kurt Russell. I can't tell you any name other than the actor name. So, yeah, I, I think it's just a running gag. I think it's uh, it's. No, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like that. It wasn't. But it just took. Yeah, me no, no. as like, well, sh- oh, it's also the 80s. So I don't know. Fair. I think he just didn't give a shit. No, it was like, oh, you're going to correct me. OK, so I'm going to say the word you corrected me. Like oh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. So <laughs> we are here to cover, which is Patreon voted. Uh, the Thing came came out in 1982 film directed by John Carpenter, which I have honestly realized I never saw the whole thing before. Oh, what a joyful day for you then. Uh. <laughs> it's been years, at least 20 years since I've seen it, if not more. I unfortunately saw the ending, and that's all I remembered was the ending of this movie. And then it turned out all I ever saw was the ending. So, yeah, that's the way you watch a suspenseful movie about mystery. You knew what happened. Uh, I knew the I knew the ending where it was going. Oh, <laughs> about you, Bill, what's your history with this? And this was actually your pick. This was I was gonna I wasn't sure if this was mine or somebody else's. I couldn't remember. I know I've talked about this before. So my my history is actually a little interesting. I was back in when I was living in New York, and maybe gosh, over a decade ago, I was doing a lot of film reviews and and a lot of the film community stuff. And if you're in, if you've experienced movies in any depth, you know what the thing is. This is a classic horror movie, classic of the genre, but I had never seen it until the year was 2014. I was at a bar in Austin, Texas. What? Oh, what? Wait, what? It took you that long to see it? Yeah. 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 So I, it was just one of those things. I just never, you know, I knew about it. I heard of it and I knew it's, it was infamous. So I was 2013 and in um, 2014, I was in a bar in Austin, Texas called Casino El Camino, excellent burgers. And it's one of those bars that there's, there's nothing to do there except eat and drink. No sports bar nonsense. It's very divey kind of vibe. You know, there's no like giant TVs playing Texas Longhorn games, et cetera. And I'm sitting there drinking and I look up into the corner and this little like, I don't know, maybe 19 inch CRT TV, like in the <laughs> corner of the room. And I look up and I see a dog transforming and mutating into some monstrosity. And I'm looking at this going, what in the holy fuck am I looking at? What is this? And then my film brain turned on and said, I bet you this is the thing. Is this the, is this the thing? John Carpenter's a thing. And sure enough, when it, and I saw the creature and everything that ensues, I'm like, oh, my God, that's the thing. So then, of course, I, I watched it. And of course, I, I I love it. It's wonderful. And uh, that's like the last I've seen it again, in like 10 years. So it was it was this is interesting this time. And just for full disclosure to the fine folks listening at home, because I do believe in full disclosure and honesty that I did not watch the movie again for this recording. I, <laughs> I, I, I meant to watch it for this recording. However, I, I just I don't know. Last night I sat down to do so. And if you ever like sat down to watch something and you're just like, I don't think I can do this right now, like emotionally or like mentally. It's like, I don't think I can handle creature feature right now. 
So unfortunately, I chose mental health <laughs> for oh, hey, this podcast. Sure. Now, it was one of those, I was like, I don't think I can do this right now. So I will attempt to uh, share my experiences and my thoughts on it um, a little little fo- uh, foggier and hazier than I like to it when doing these shows. <laughs> I know, right? I really did. <laughs> we can all go home. Go to bed, everyone. <laughs> Ken, what is your history with this? Oh, man, my history is just, you know, longtime horror fan, first time caller. Basically. <laughs> I've been watching a horror movie since I was a kid. Like, you know, always. And this was one of the ones that I remember growing up on. And it's just, it's it's one of those ones for me that has always been there. This is one that always, like, really stuck with me because it's it was the first time I experienced a film that I felt was claustrophobic. And you never forget your first one. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like horror films as I have, or horror anything as I've stated on the show many times, but... Here I am. Horror. Yeah, I know I say it wrong. You sound like you're insulting these people. I am. Yeah, you report. <laughs> so I just, it's just, I have no interest in these type of movies. Yeah. Here I am. <laughs> so what did you, what did you, what did you think of it, Mike? Since you are the one who evidently only saw the last 10 minutes of a celebrated horror movie, what, what did you think of the subsequent, or the, the previous, you know, 110? It's a good movie. It's not for me, but it's a good movie. I can tell you, I didn't sleep very well after the first night of watching this movie. Really? Oh. I did not sleep baby. well. <laughs> it creeped me out, and I was just couldn't sleep. And then I watched the second a, time today. Yeah. This is a scary I, movie. I mean, I it is. I fell asleep through it the first time. That tells you something. <laughs> well, I was telling uh, someone I work with today that I was going to be recording a podcast on the thing, to which he went, oh, yeah, that's that's awesome. That's great. <laughs> and he, and I we were chatting about it for a bit. And he's like, oh, no, it, well, it's a masterpiece. Like He's like, I consider this to be a masterpiece up there film. It's it's nearly he's like, this movie is almost perfect. And I thought about it and I was like, I don't know. Perfect. It's damn good, but it's hard to it's damn good. I don't know about perfect. But if your definition of perfect is and I've said this before on the show, isn't a a filmmaker or artist intention like what was their intention did they meet that intention did they do what they set out to do and i would say this movie does that perfectly this is a mm-hmm. perfect expression of a creature feature and you know claustrophobia isolation being cut that feeling of just being alone and cold cold always <laughs> i need a i need a blanket when i watch this movie I'm always cold except when they're lighting things on fire the people in the movie they're running around 40 below without a jacket on yeah it's fine well you know listen hey when yeah, adrenaline kicks in below, it's okay <laughs> when that adrenaline kicks in you know and you're you're torching monsters uh with flamethrowers i mean yeah come on <laughs> but yeah i, I kind of think i have to really think about like whether i would consider this like a masterpiece but as far as hitting every Hitting every ball that was thrown at him and knocking it out of the park, he does. John Carpenter absolutely does. So this is stellar. I don't consider many movies perfect. I mean, you know, when, when you say perfect movie, the one thing that comes to my mind is Silence of the Lambs for some reason. You make an argument. Uh, I love that movie. You don't like horror? I don't. Movies? I love that movie. That's that movie's tough. just, I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I, I don't consider this perfect. But I get it. I mean, that's a very, like, that makes sense for this type, <laughs> for this movie. I disagree, but I, I understand. I mean, this oh. movie also, like, when I was watching this, this is my first time seeing the whole thing, it really dawned on me, because I was really confused. That you, you have, first you have a small opening where you see a saucer crash, and then you see the, the title screen, which we always have to mention in this in, in our sh- in our episodes. 
And I was really confused because it says 1982, and then all of a sudden you see these guys shooting at a dog, and I'm like, why the fuck are they shooting at a dog? And, I mean, I knew the ending of this movie, I know where the movie goes, but I'm like, again, why are they shooting at a fucking dog? Like, And these guys suck at it. And then it was later on when it really occurred to me, like, well, of course they suck at it. They're not soldiers. I mean, shooting, trying to shoot a moving animal from a moving object is probably really hard in general. I mean, yeah, these, they yeah. were trained Sorry, at all with those guns? Not like that. Not for, what, not for that. Not for that. Okay, sure. Guess they were never hunters. <laughs> hunters don't shoot things from moving objects. I mean, at the end of the day, they're science. Yeah. They're a bunch of nerds. <laughs> and they didn't have Call of Duty. Because to... <laughs> that would help a lot. I at least you'd know, you know the basics of flanking, if nothing else, right? I mean, or how to, we've like, all played it. Not drop a grenade on yourself. Right. Or if you right. drop a grenade, don't dig in the snow for the grenade, just run away. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. I mean, I'm pretty right. sure if I ever had a live grenade and I dropped it, I'm not going to be trying to pick it back up. I'm going to be running. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Okay, I was just checking. But that actually leads to, and Kenneth leads to a pretty good intro point, and the casting of this movie is sensational. I mean, this, this movie is is it's per, I, yeah perfectly cast i can't imagine better because you're right they're they're just some scientists they're just they're not you know gi joe soldier dudes <laughs> you know they're just and that makes them relatable and i think that makes it easier for the audience to put themselves in their shoes you know they're not cut out for this you know this isn't resident evil right they're just <laughs> they're just like you said can they're they're dorky people just kind of doing their thing of this movie wouldn't have happened if the guy just spoke Norwegian because I'm assuming when that guy speaks <laughs> when the helicopter he gets off and he yells something before they kill him I'm sure he said that's not a dog yeah I don't know we didn't have subtitles so <laughs> and uh, that it's was hard. not a dog it's, it's a thing a dog get away from it you idiot <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah, that's, that's right. just, you think I mean that's the thing that this kind of got to me it's like man if they just understood a different language in this movie whole movie would have been like and also why did they just shoot the guy in the head like i mean i know he comes in their camp and he's Can shooting just wing him yeah you can shoot him in the leg or tackle him they just shoot him in the head and kill him but then they would have to give him medical attention or watch him bleed to death and then maybe they could translate and figure out hey that's uh he might want to kill that thing that you just let over here they haven't been able to translate a single thing the entire time they've been down there so like <laughs> the copper brought back that was in the region nothing <laughs> but I think that's what really works in the in the theme of the movie too is that if you ha- if they were able to translate and they were able to understand then you wouldn't have the whole idea of this very suspicious type thing where you don't know who to trust. And what what like my comment when this started what I kept thinking of was Among Us because Among Us is a game that came out a few years ago as an indie game which is all based on you being a decoy and you sneak around and eat other people. Well, which is much this movie. Yeah. Which I like that idea that that that's what the, this thing is doing that it's creeping around this complex and just murdering people one Does by it one. Actually, eat the people. Does it actually? Kinda. Eat you see that one guy looks like he's getting eaten. I don't know. That's because it's like feels attacked and it's like gonna this person's gonna kill me. I don't. Oh, okay. Audrey too. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Bill? Well, I think it's like an absorption almost. You know, I think that's kind of what the idea is like this melding, and that's what makes these. Especially like the two-headed, the two-headed one they they find, it's like this mooshing together and uh, this con- conglomeration of two beings. Just such a creepy idea, and and allows for so many awesome moments. I also like this this beginning though too, even though it really is kind of sudden. A, it drops you right in, and B, it starts you off easy with a with a killing that's standard. Now, it's a person dead, right? We all have seen that before in movies. 
but yeah. it lets you know from tone, like this is going to be, this is what this movie is. You don't know what you're in for. Sorry. <laughs> I knew, Hey, uh, film goer in 1982, walking into a movie called the thing, which might as well have been called the random, the whatever, you don't know what you're getting into. Here's a taste. If you don't like this, you may want to leave. But even if you do like this, like, oh, I've seen Commander. That's fine. You, you, you don't even. And I know if you've seen E.T., <laughs> which came out the same year. If you thought this was a kind, gentle alien movie, it you, are sorely, you are sorely mistaken. I wonder. I can't. I've never seen a trailer for it. How do they advertise it? Do you not? Do you remember? It's advertised as a as a, a horror movie, as a scary thriller. I don't know if you see much of anything, though. I the the movie poster with the the one person with the extended hands with those creepy long fingers yes that was pretty much everywhere that was the main poster that definitely tells you a little bit about what you're getting into aliens <laughs> aliens bad <laughs> people it does a good job of that of like and one thing that really made me laugh early on is you have Kurt Russell playing chess and for some reason when he loses in chess he decides to pour the the liquor into the machine and just break their entertainment. It amused me for some reason. I don't know. That fits Kurt Russell to me. Yeah. <laughs> it was just one of those odd things that just kind of went, oh, okay. But, like, no, what I should be saying is that, like, this movie does a really good job of playing with your, you know, perceptions and what you think. And, like, so I watched this movie once and I watched it again. I still can't really tell you who's who and when people get possessed or, you know, replaced. Like, you can't. It's hard to tell. Usually there's, like, a telltale sign. And here there isn't, and I still had a hard time keeping the characters straight. <laughs> Poor my cat to be like, no, that's this person. <laughs> he didn't. Ultimately, that's kind of the point. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't like that. I don't like that. I mean, yes, it makes it a good movie. I, I agree. But for me personally, I, I didn't like it when I rewatched the movie, and I still can't tell you exactly when some people get replaced. And I still don't really understand like who who was who at time. And like, does this, does this creature when it possesses somebody or does it like multiply itself that way and that how it spreads is by replacing other people and there's more of them i mean essentially its whole point is to take over yeah that's all it's doing it's just wants to be the first the last the everything on yeah ev- specific plan yeah and everything is survival right everything is, is done for survival and uh yeah it's 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 a it's one of these it's kind of like this cosmic which is cosmic horror Right. That's kind of like this, the, okay. the heart of cosmic horror is the it is all encompassing, you know, almost world devouring force. So it's uh, it's effective. And I like the fa- I, I agree with you, Mike. I, I always forget who who bites it when. And again, I've only seen it, you know, you know a couple of times. <laughs> but I <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, but I will say that, um, yeah, I just like the fact that there's they are kind of every people, you know, and there is just a group of people and and. Well, I, I guess you could say you wish the character the characters were stronger, where it's like, oh, actually, these people have distinct personalities. They actually do. So they feel like a real group of scientists. No one is too outsized, if I remember correctly. And this is hazy recollection part. So Ken, <laughs> tell me if I'm, I'm wrong. They just feel like a regular group of people, which makes it work so well, which makes the horror so scary. Like there's no, you know, McCready is the hero, but he's not really a hero. He, he just happens to be. <laughs> The guy with the best eyes and a flamethrower. So I don't know. He's McCready's the protagonist, but I wouldn't call him a hero. No, not in the slightest. There's, no, he's I mean, not. none of them are really heroes. Yeah, but McCready straight up murders a dude. 
at one yeah. point. They were out for themselves, and that's kind of the point that it was all like last man standing. Everybody protect themselves. <laughs> I mean, like none of these, like we said earlier, none of them are soldiers. They're like you said, nerds, and they're just kind of like most of this movie. You see them just kind of playing around, like playing pool, and just trying to pass the time. Like the guy with the roller skates. <laughs> Who's like turn down the radio? Okay, I'll turn it down. He just he turns it up. <laughs> yeah, and then goes back to. I mean, it was just yeah. a, it works though. Like that idea of having people stranded in, in the Antarctic in a base, and there's no nobody coming to see them for until spring and summer or winter just started. Like it works well for that idea for that isolation. And then you throw in a storm, <laughs> which also makes things more interesting. <laughs> yeah, like then you know, okay, fine, they're. They're down in the base, but at least they can talk to people. Well, now with the storm, they don't have any access at all. The radio doesn't work. Nobody can possibly come to check on them. <laughs> if you, if like a modern equivalent to this is a movie that I, I think I might have almost put on the list for this month or whatever Spooktober, but it's not a spooky movie, is The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse is an extremely similar vibe of isolation, can't leave. It's two people instead of a crew. And uh, so if you dig this, like, again, this isolation, this claustrophobic isolation, like uh, as Ken is saying, um, then I think you'll really dig The Lighthouse. And if you like gross, weird stuff, too, full of that as well. And oh, wonderful good. performances. To watch. Oh, the Lighthouse is, I listen, people out there in podcast land, if you haven't seen The Lighthouse, <laughs> if you got a stomach for some weird stuff uh, and just some gloriously good good performances, and a performance by Robert Pattinson that'll finally make you forget that Twilight ever happened. Because the man <laughs> is an exceptional actor. He's a really, really good actor. He didn't do it for me in the, the I didn't see the Batman. But the lighthouse is extraordinary. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. He just rolled his eyes at me. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. It, but no, I, I like, because also a lot of the characters, they do feel like many different people. And they do feel like they... I guess all have like a purpose, like what they're there for, like they specialize in stuff and they, it works that there's a ragtag bunch of idiots is the way I like to put it because they're not the, the brightest people, you know? And like you, like you said earlier, they're trying to, they're trying to translate this thing the whole time where if they could have just freaking read the Norwegian, they probably would have solved them a whole lot of problems. You would, you yeah, but would think you, they would have at least one person that spoke or read it. Didn't really have the whole multilingual is a good idea thing. This was in, the tail end of American exceptionalism. Yeah. And there Did was you? a lot of cocaine in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. And are, are you are you suggesting, Ken, that this movie was co-written by cocaine? Is that what you're <laughs> suggesting, sir? Not co-written by cocaine, but I definitely think it had a co-starring role. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Lane Palmer. But I, okay, I can see that. I mean, Palmer liked his marijuana, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, I thought that was funny. You see him smoking a joint, too. I also couldn't figure out when Palmer becomes not Palmer anymore. That was the weird-looking guy that burst in the near the end when he tied to the couch, when they burned the blood. The one... Oh, that was also the only other scene that I remembered from this movie when I saw it who knows how many years ago, which is not a way to watch a suspense thriller where you know certain things you shouldn't know when you're watching the movie. That doesn't help. No, like, kind of ruined it. Yeah, it did a little bit, Ashley. Like, I was just very confused throughout this entire movie. And, like, meant to I know. Like, I do really, I really like the scene when they go, when they go to the Norwegian camp and then they find the, the ruins, they find the cutout ice, they find the flying saucer. I really like all that. I think that is all really good build up to kind of help them realize, like, yes, there's something alien that's now with you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And the one thing that really gets me about this is that, 
you do get a sense of desperation as the movie goes on too. Like that's like the paranoia is cool. I like paranoia. The claustrophobia is cool. I like, but also see as the movie continues to go on, there's this just heightened sense of desperation in all the characters because they don't know. They don't know who's going to turn next. Oh God, it's so good. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you can really see they have no idea. The other big question I have is why the fuck is there a flamethrower in the bait? Multiple flamethrowers in this bait. For that reason, so they can kill their crew. Like, I mean, you're a patro- you're a little like science camp. Why do you have flamethrowers? Like, what what use you can have a fl- need a flamethrower for in Antarctica? Ice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, mass de-icing. Sure, perhaps it's an effective way of kind of like you know the generator. You know, maybe it gets a little frozen. And a little, you give it a little <laughs> toast. <laughs> well, I mean, listen. What else are you gonna do in forty below? I mean. Wait. I don't know. That's a good question. Okay. Maybe it's more accurate. I don't know. It wasn't. In case there's creatures. Yeah. Because it wasn't a flamethrower. Like, because I think a flamethrower, I think the ones from the Vietnam War that that shoot the napalm. I don't think this is napalm. No, this, I guess, is, I think, gasoline. Like, gas. Yeah, because the napalm ones stick to you and burn the hell out of you. So, much worse. Are you sure that's a flamethrower? Yes. I know way more about war than I should know, but yes. So. Oh, that that scares me some days. <laughs> Fear for my life. I wanted to be a history major, even though I never went to college. So. Does it? Did I miss it? Or does it state why they are there? Science. Science. Okay. It's never stated. No. So it's like the Big Bang Theory. They're trying to prove string theory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, and another thing I thought was it, like I thought for the longest time until the movie proved me wrong. Where you have the dog that comes in, it runs around throughout the point. You have it, and you have a scene where it's, the dog is walking around, and it goes into this one guy's room. I think it's—I don't remember his name. Stanley. Yes, but I can't remember the character's name. The dog guy. <laughs> yeah, and there's a scene where you see the shadow of him sitting in the room. It goes in there. I thought, okay, for sure, he's one of them now, because later on you have one of the characters that I thought was a doctor, even though he's not a doctor, Blair, because he was the one dissecting the body. So I thought he was a doctor, but. So he calls call them Doc the entire movie, and there's a character actually that they call Doc, and so that then I got really confused. Well, you shouldn't have fell asleep the first okay. time. I, I'll straighten this out real quick. Okay. okay, let's go. You got Copper. Copper's the guy who is the one that goes with McCready to the Norwegian base. Oh, okay. He's a straight-up doctor. Okay. Then you got Blair. Blair's a biologist. Blair's the one that's played by uh, Wilford Brimley. So... Also a doctor, but not a medical doctor. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> so, so Blair is just really he he, he took some chemistry. He, he he dissected some frogs back in his day in high school. So he figured he was decent with a scalpel. So he figured he would try his hand on it. I gotcha. Sounds good. Okay, that makes okay. That makes a little sense of why I was so confused. And uh, there's also like one scene that re- that I caught that I caught especially well the first time because I knew where this was going. But like you see the dog watching the people. You see the dog listening to the people at one point is sitting looking out the window watching the helicopter take off. Like, I like all those little build-up scenes where the dog is not acting like a regular dog. Yeah, but, I mean, really? You don't... I That wouldn't make sense to me until after you figure it out. Maybe I kind of knew a little too much about this movie. I th- You had already seen it, so that's I see the why. ending. That was it. So this is a movie where you need to watch it and then re-watch it for all the little shit you missed. <laughs> awesome, like... Why wouldn't you be worried that a random dog just kind of runs up to you like, oh, hey, look, it's a dog. I guess we'll just take it along with us. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess they did. They didn't pay attention to name their dogs. Okay. I a dog that like ever gave me shit. So 
Like, if a dog comes up to me, I'm like, oh, hey, Poppy. See? <laughs> no, I know. Just... That's like most of the human race. Oh, it's a dog. Yeah, okay, okay. Unless you're the people that run away from PETA. And then... <laughs> All right, okay. That, that answers that question now. Okay, that that's taken care of. I did like it when they go to the Norwegian camp. One thing I forgot to mention, there's a guy where you see his neck is slit, and his, you know, he slit his neck and his wrist. Mm. Oh. I, that was interesting. Oh, so is he like the last man standing? I'm guessing not, because two guys got in the helicopter and took off. Oh, God. Does that mean they were infected? No, because they burned. And they didn't burn. One guy got shot in the head, and he didn't wake up. The other guy <laughs> tried to dig out his grenade, and that worked out really well for him. So, yeah. Oh, no. It's where I watched this movie. Also, one thing that I really want to talk about that I forgot, well, I didn't ever saw before, when they put the dog with the other dogs, and I really pay attention to it this time, the dog doesn't react. The other dogs don't react right away. Like they, I thought maybe they would... And Tiffin mentioned the same thing, and maybe they would act up. Maybe they should start sniffing and realize, hmm, something's not right here with this dog over here. But they don't do anything at first. At first. But, like, the it's first not until it like, starts to transform that they're like, oh, my God. Yeah. But, like, t- even, even when the dog goes in there, you see that the dog just kind of settles down and is watching all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in and, the middle, and, watching Mama. And, Tiffany, you have a story with this dog part. Oh, I do? I get to tell my story sure. now? <laughs> I first watched this when I was three. It came out the year I was born, but i pretty sure I was three. It was on TV. My dad was supposed to be watching me. And he was watching me sleep. He told my mom he was watching me. But I woke up right as the dog started to transform. And my dad shut off quickly. And I was like, but daddy, I want to see the puppy come apart again. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, is, that is how horror movies start. I saw other ones. Like, all of a sudden, you know, fast forward, you know, 10 years. <laughs> You're in like you know, freshman in high school. You start turning demonic. You're staring at people. <laughs> they light on fire. Like that's literally how all these things happen. Um, so basically at three, you were introduced <laughs> to this movie way by a falling apart dog. I did so 30 ish years later in a bar in Austin doing the exact same thing at the exact <laughs> same moment, watching a dog fall apart and going, what in God's name am I watching? <laughs> I and being delightfully cool. interested. <laughs> This is the scene. I this is the scene where I I always remember. And this is very memorable. A, it's a dog. It's hard to watch. It's hard to watch dogs die or even mutate in movies. As I've said before on the show, you can't you can't, you can't kill dogs and you can't kill kids. It's very hard to do both of those. At least in this movie, they don't really kill a dog. They just well, the, the dog kills other dogs. But the <laughs> so I guess that happens. But the dog be, be mutates into a thing, right? So yeah, that's that's that. A big question. So yes. in this part, before they burn it because they're slow, does it does one a part of it like get into the roof and escape? Can any any word on that or any comment? Well, I mean, like just... when they're in the kennel, you're talking. Yeah, about when they're in the kennel, the right before they burn it, you see something like jump into the roof, and I was wondering if, if you think part of that gets away. I don't think part of it gets away. I think it was just using, like it was just throwing itself up onto the roof for stability because okay. it's ready to fuck shit up. <laughs> okay, because I was wondering, because to me that was going to play in, in another part. I was wondering if, if it got away then, and that's how it infects other people and mimics them, but maybe not. Okay. See, I have a theory about this. Okay. I think that Bennings, the dude in the orange jacket, or the orange vest, Yeah. I think he got infected when the dog was underneath the table. And he was like, Clark, get this damn mud out of here. Oh. But you see him getting transformed later on in that room. Yeah. Yeah, but that he was infected the whole time. When you're infected, it doesn't necessarily take hold right away. 
Okay, so you think he gets affected when the dog... Because, yeah, the dog kind of, like, hurts him in a way because he gets upset. Yeah. Huh. Okay, you bring up a good point. All right, I didn't think about that. I was thinking but that... Exactly how does it infect somebody, though? Uh, well, okay, like, it's not a coincidence this movie came out in 1982, around the same time that AIDS was starting to ramp up. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> okay, I didn't think about that part. So, like, I, I'm sure... I'm sure... That, you know, this is just a metaphor for the AIDS crisis. I mean, think about it. The only way you can tell if somebody has it is by a blood test. Or if they're sick. Yeah. Or if okay. they're sick and showing signs. Okay. I never, that never would have triggered with me, ever. That makes perfect sense. Okay. Not in a good way, but it does make sense. Okay. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's necessarily bad. Eh. Is it dicey? Yeah, it might be a little dicey. <laughs> Could we do that today? I, Probably not. I just I don't know. I, I I think it makes sense when you think about it in that in the in that context. I just wonder if it was that self-aware or trying to say that much. I don't I don't yeah. think this movie was trying to say a lot other than just be a really fun creature feature adaptation of a book. And I'm curious, has anyone ever read the I think it was was it a novel or a short story? I forget which, but this is based off of a, a work of fiction. Yeah, a, I knew it was a book. Yeah, novella. Oh, so in between a no- yeah, from yeah. another world. I don't know what yeah. a novella. A novella is where it's too long to be a short story and too short to be a novel. Yep. yep. Also, like the Harlequin romance books. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no one's backing you up on that one, Tiff. I think. Uh, I, I think like two, three hundred pages. Okay? That's a novel, then. Novel. Yeah. A novella is like about a hundred like, pages. Yeah. Okay, I, I've read one like. <laughs> I used to know this because I was trying. My goal was to be a writer. That did not happen, by the way. You should still try. It. I make a podcast instead now. I get oh, to spread my. Your entertainment voice. that way so okay but yeah that 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 is cool yeah basically this was an original fellow called who goes there by oh what's his name john campbell john w campbell? i think that's right john w campbell jr yep yeah you are correct and then they made a movie about it yep in and 1951 the thing from another world starring uh, james arness as a uh, space carrot a space carrot ah Fantastic. <laughs> but um, I, I did read the original novella, and the original novella was, you know, fairly similar to this. It it did feel very tight, like this movie does. Like you know, it was it was it was pretty claustrophobic for a book. But in 2019, they actually released a new version of it with additional stuff that they found uh, when the author passed away. Uh, now it is called Frozen Hell. <laughs> and while I have not read that one yet, I I have it, and I'm probably going to start reading it after I watch another movie related to this movie. Okay. I have another thing that I want to comment on. is like So you have an early part where you have Blair and the, the dog guy is are, into, are together, and he's like, are you been with you were with that dog for a while? And at one point later on, Blair's like, watch out for Dog Guy. I can't remember his name. <laughs> so that's going to be his name, Dog Guy. He's the guy in charge of the kennels. He's the one that starts when they find out. All, when he finds out the dog dies, he's the one that goes running to the kennels. So he's Dog Guy. His name is Clark. Clark. Clark how can we forget that, Clark? Because he doesn't have glasses. He doesn't have a cape. So, all right. So it was Clark. And like, because I was wondering when Blair, when Blair tries to put this, the suspicion on Clark, I'm wondering if Blair is already the thing at that time. Well, okay. So there's a time frame here. 
So Blair, when Blair says to watch Clark, he is in McCready's, or not McCready's shed, but like one of the, the outbuildings, just kind of locked up in there. And that's where, you know, McCready puts him in there after he freaks out in the research station and starts smashing everything, stops, starts, you know, he destroys the helicopter, he destroys the tractor, he's ripping apart the communication stuff. That's to keep everybody from the outside not being able to get in contact. No one will come by them. That's what you're supposed to think. Okay, because I, I know when I first saw the movie, I thought, okay, he's doing this because, you know, he's watching the video, he sees how this thing spreads, and I think somewhere he does the math where it'd be like 200, some like 280,000 hours or 84,000 hours before the whole world is yeah, covered. Three years. About three what? years, yeah. Three years, okay. I was like, how long is that? That makes sense. I mean. Oh, I, I did. I got my calculator out and looked it up. I, have, <laughs> I, have, I seriously did. Uh, but then it says in a text later, like, I think they say three day, three years. But yeah, I see. I always read it as, as again, when you're watching it, you're like, why is this guy insane? You're trying to figure it out. But that's kind of like a behind. Later on, you're like, oh, this guy knows we're doomed. He's like, he, he's like, y'all screwed. We're screwed. Why does he? We're dead. Trash even- all the, at the, the whatever research then. Well, he trashes, he trashes the equipment so they can't get out. Here's the thing, though. I'm pretty sure he's already affected by that. Oh, you think he's already infected by it? Yep. Okay. Why well, he- is it because it, is it is it because it seems like a, it's because again this is me recollecting I don't remember this piece of it but he's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> I this movie leaves an impression. <laughs> come on now, he should come on. It's, I should, you know. <laughs> it, it's I, if I remember right, he, it's it's a, it's like a wild man. Like he's crazy. He feels crazed. Right. Yeah. Is that kind of where you're going with the Ken where he, this guy's crazed? Something's mentally wrong as opposed to him being uh, making an active choice. You know what? We're boned and we can't let this thing escape. Yeah, I think that's all an act. Oh, interesting. OK, okay. I can see that. I actually really see that. And you think he's already infected. OK, because oh. Blake trashes the helicopter and their little mobile tractor thing that they used to get around. But okay. at the end, he's also building a UFO. Get out. Where does he get those parts from? From all the shit that he already wrote. Okay, yeah, because I did see that part. And I was wondering if he was already building that, like, beforehand, or after they locked him in there, he started building it. And that makes a lot of, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think he trashed everything with the idea knowing that he was going to need those pieces. Okay, that makes sense. Because then they, they throw him in that random door, they throw him in that random hut and just leave him there, except... Tiff brought up a good point where she's like, is that place even heated? <laughs> so it's like, I mean, and you see him with a noose. They, you know, he has a noose in there. I don't know if they made it for him or he made it for himself, but there's just a noose. I oh, he, that part. What, Ken? He made it for himself, 100%. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was an odd scene. But I mean, it really is just kind of like, you know, it's the way to get rid of that character when you have everybody else turning on each other little by little because they, they're, they already know because they already had that one guy that, the fake hands that wasn't fully formed and then tried to scream at them and then they burn them to death. <laughs> so you have that. You have a lot of like, you have a lot of interesting things Like you had the part with the blood. Like I still don't understand who was the guy who went in and destroyed the blood. I don't know. Cause there's like three people that only two people have the keys and neither of them turn out to be infected. Right. So I was curious, who do you think was the one that t- tainted the blood? Do you think it was Blair? No, no, I don't. Okay. Okay. That's all we get. No, I don't. <laughs> look, I listen, listen. I got no theories. Okay. I mean, I could, I could look that up for you and think it's pretend it's mine. But it yeah, that isn't as 
hard if they were like, oh, they unlocked it and then locked it again. It's somebody with a key. Yeah. And I think all of this really, I mean, and again, this is, I don't, I don't, I don't want to hand wave everything completely on this movie, but I really do think that a lot of this is just to build tension, right? And it's just to set things up for the next payoff, right? So, and I don't think, I don't think it's being dumb. I think it's being intentional in understanding what the focus is. It's, I think if you ask John Carpenter this now, he'd be like, who cares? Isn't it cool? (laughs) were you, were, you, were you scared as we creep down? Or were you concerned when the blood things are broken? Were, you were? I was concerned. Cool. I want to know who did it. Yeah, I, I was, I'm curious about the lore. I want to make sure that I can fill out my grimoire or whatever. <laughs> well, that's just me. Like, when I, when no, I watch no, 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 a mystery no, no. movie, I, I want to go back and be able to put things together. Like, Memento. It's a movie where you watch it once, you watch it a second time, you can put all the clues together. This movie, I watched it twice. I still know what the fuck happened sometimes. <laughs> Because this is not this is not a dumb movie, and I'm no. sure there are pieces that, that obviously I'm not connecting, and, and that's fine if we're not connecting it. I do want to linger though on some of the creature things, and I think we're getting to some of the really fun, you know, yeah, we can talk about that mutations because that I I really do want to linger on that stuff when we get there for a number of reasons. But I think a lot of this is just beautiful setup. It's just creating all this tension and dread. Don't know what's going on. The crew doesn't know what's going on. Nobody knows what's going on, and it's just it's just this beautiful tension that is that's just wonderful. It's wonderfully executed. I mean, the monster stuff is also really good in this, like the transformations. Like you have the early one with the dog and then you have other ones later that get like you're kind of mentioned. Like there's one where there's a guy where he he gets hit by Kurt Russell or something. Or he gets pushed over. Then all of a sudden he like stops breathing. They take him into the room and they're trying to, you know, get him to breathe again. And all of a sudden his stomach opens up and eats the guy's hands. <laughs> Like Aspect. that was good. I thought of Bill it's, immediately. Oh, yeah. Every time something gross happened, you you thought of me. I said, <laughs> "How sweet! How sweet of you, sir." I mean, I don't know if you remember that scene, but look it up. Like you see, like the guy goes with the with the paddles to you know shock him back to life, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the stomach opens up and his hands go inside the stomach, like, and the teeth and teeth appear and it closes. That's great. Shocking me with electricity. <laughs> And I, there's so many moments in this, and I can I'll let you chime in as well with, with this, because, th- and this is going to be one of my PSAs, my public service announcements for those who are working in the film industry. I don't understand why we're not doing more of this. Practical effects, having the craft of every effect in this movie, even though you know it's a rubber hand and you know it's slimy goop that they made in a beaker you know all these things, right? Because we're sensible human beings. You know, the, the person they pull out of the ice has got the two heads and all that. Like, all of that, yes, I understand. It's a rubber head. But for some reason, thanks to the magic of motion pictures, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's there and it works. And it still works today, you know, 30, 40 years later or whatever it is now. I mean, point. you have to respect yeah. the skill, and I miss practical effects. And that was <sighs> my favorite part of a movie because my dad would have me watch behind the scenes. Hence, why I wasn't afraid of the puppy coming apart because he showed me how it came apart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where I, I I don't know why we're not doing more of this. It can't it can't be mi- mixing up a bunch of blood <laughs> with some fructose and corn syrup and some <laughs> red number ten cannot be more expensive. Than computer generated wizardry, you know, that does that ages in five years, like like old bread. 
You know what about? Blade Two still holds CG still holds up perfectly. Oh, just just <laughs> Chef Kiss. I'm immersed well, immediately. The Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone CGI does not hold up. Oh, nope. agreed. Absolutely, you're 100 percent right. Ken, <laughs> I want to. I want your take on on just this overall theme of of visual and the creature feature effects. I want to hear your take on it. Well, I mean, look, nothing is ever going to beat a good practical effect. Nothing. I don't give a shit. Like, okay. There's one thing that you can convince me where CG was worthwhile. Two things. That, those are Jurassic Park and the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> like Those are the only two things where I'm like, you know what? Yes, they needed to use CG. But most of the dinosaur effects in Jurassic Park are practical. practical. effects. Like, it's, practical effects always make a difference. And this was a huge thing. Because the person in charge of the effects here, Rob Bottin, was 22 years old when he started working <laughs> on this. Jesus. Oof. Really? I didn't know That's that. Cool. Wow. That's young to be, you know, working on something like this and make it look, because it does look really good. It looks real. I mean, it is real, but it looks. When he was a kid. Probably. Yeah. I mean, they did a really good job. This it was very creepy as hell, even in 2022. I Creeped mean, the hell out of sure me. You can. It could probably be done better today, but for the movie, it still holds up for me. I mean, I like it. <laughs> yeah, like this, it, it holds up so well. The way that they decided to have the thing express itself by being the, you know, the sum of its parts rather than just an individual. Like the dog was a combination of all the dogs that it just destroyed. When you see, you know, Blair at the end, Blair's got dog in him. Yeah. Okay. I did catch that. I missed it. Because he throws a dynamite right in his face and you see the dog. Yeah. Oh, man. When he throws a dynamite in his face, he's got one of the best lines in this entire movie. Oh. I don't even remember the line, by the way. So when McCready throws the dynamite at the Blair monster, he just says, Yeah, fuck you, too. <laughs> That's just a Kurt Russell That's thing, right. I feel like. I feel like that was ad lib. <laughs> I I'm I'm good with that. It is fantastic. It's a it's a wonderful uh, moment. It's one that it's it's just it's not even quippy. It's just a great little yeah. I love it. It's a fantastic moment. And by the way, and just again, I think I mentioned it in passing. But Kurt Russell is so incredible in this movie. He is he is he is really at the top of his game in playing a role you would think be easy. Right? All right, you're the you're 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 the uh, like Kenneth said. You're the protagonist. You're the person that moves the plot forward. You're the one that's not going to die until maybe the end. I don't know. But he lends this everyman intensity. He's an in, he's intense in this movie. And he's the only one that seems to know the next thing to do, even if it's the wrong thing to do. Sometimes <laughs> in life, you just need someone to, to say, what's next? Are you ever be in a room with 10 people or five people? Hey, where do you guys want to go for dinner? Oh, oh I don't care. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> that's I, don't me. Care. I don't care. Every, every group needs one person to say, Fine, we're going to Johnny Carino's because I could do some lasagna. And that's what we're doing. Saddle up, y'all. Let's head on over. Like, people need that. And Kurt yeah. Russell plays that role so well. And I, I'm, I don't, you know, I got to look. Yeah, I got to remember because I was looking at some clips beforehand. I didn't completely come in here blind. I, his eyes are so intense. He has like those steel gray eyes. They remind me of um, Aaron Paul in Breaking Bad. He has exact same eyes, I feel like. Just those piercing, piercing eyes. Just, just, I don't know, entrancing. 
and it just lends itself very well to this. To, to this. Is he a man crush? No, no, no. He, no, he is. He is no Benedict Cumberbatch, and um, it's not Michael Sarah. <laughs> oh yeah, Michael Sarah. No, no, Michael Sarah. No, no, not like, no, not Michael Sarah. Sorry, I know you don't like him at all. <laughs> no, he could be. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not a fan of him at all, but um, he's no better than Cumberbatch, and he's no uh, Ryan Reynolds, so. <laughs> but Ryan Reynolds, I w- oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Kurt Russell's great in the movie. Kurt Russell's the only reason why I like had any desire to even watch this film, because like, when I was younger, I was a big fan of his movies. Like I really love Big Trouble in Little China. You watched of him course. On no. no. <laughs> I just love Big Trouble in Little China. I love that film. You were so weird. Yeah, I don't know why either. When are we covering that one? It's going to happen one of these days. So. <laughs> I will not be on for that one. I will be. <laughs> yes, you will be, sir. It's your own podcast. We have four strangers. Hey, just record away. I'll post it up for you. <laughs> on it. Okay, who wants to introduce? Hey, I mean, at this point, I got a whole bunch of like. You're oh, you're oh, kitten. Are we sure it's a kitten? Maybe we should yeah, test her blood. Hey, hey, Ken, Ken, do you and I, you and I, and somebody else, maybe uh, Blair Farrell, do you guys want to do a podcast on his show <laughs> and just have him completely out of, out of the picture? What do you think? <laughs> He's like sure. Oh, and then as the movie progresses, like things completely hit the fan. Like you have you have the blood test part, which I think is also another really good scene. After you have the where the guy ends up, the guy goes crazy or not go crazy, but they find out infected. They burn him. They have a part where they test one of the guys, and when they burn the blood, all of a sudden the guy starts shaking and burst and burst out into the thing. I like that part because they're like all connected. Yep, they can be separate. Yeah, because when he burns the blood, the blood tries to rush him, and then the other guy, Radio, who they always call him, they call him Radio, right? Or no, Windows. I was like, who the fuck is Radio? We're I not know. watching that movie. He operated the radio, so he became Radio, in my head. Window. Why do they call him Windows? His last name? I don't know. Oh, okay. See, this movie could have really used subtitles for me, because I couldn't read anything, and I was sad. I was watching some Blu-ray, and my Blu-ray didn't have subtitles. You were also playing sad. a game. This time, not the first time. Okay. I was editing a podcast, not playing a game. Okay. Editing. Okay. We clarified that. It's okay. What were you going to say, Ken? My Blu-ray has subtitles. Why doesn't yours? I don't know. It didn't have subtitles. Okay, it could have been that my dumbass couldn't figure it out yeah, and didn't agree. look that hard. I agree with that one. But, like, yeah, my Blu-ray didn't have subtitles. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. But my guess well, is that somebody didn't go in the right menu. Yeah, that's my guess as well. So, yeah. It wasn't there mean, to hold his hand. That was... That was operator error. So I, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't guarantee go you into the options like the main menu. I just clicked triangle on my PS4 controller and went to where it said subtitles and it didn't let me do anything. And then I gave up. That's because you yeah, set them. Yeah, supposed to go on the menu. And you got to hit square. I'm used to Netflix. This wasn't Netflix. <laughs> so I also like the idea as the movie progresses and you run out of characters. You have like I think maybe what four people left alive or so from this near the end. I think it's four or five people. Pretty. Did we start with? Nalls and Gary are going after Blair. Okay. Yeah, because that's when you have them, like, start... That's when they kind of start, like, burning... Like, they start b- blowing up everything, because they realize what the creature's goal is to do is just freeze them all out, because I think the generator gets messed up at one point. Yeah. The generator gets... Like, that. Like, he's like, the generator's gone. What do you mean? Like, it's gone. <laughs> yeah, like, the creature's already been frozen. And it was still alive, so it's just like, fine, you know what? I freeze, I'll come back to life. You freeze, you won't. Fuck you. <laughs> I'll call your bluff, let's do this. I like that idea. I like the fact that it realizes after a while that it can't beat them, that it can only really just, the only way to really defeat them is to freeze them out and then let the people come and rescue it and then go with them. I do like that. 
And also another question I was always thinking about during this movie is that is it picking up on their mindset? Like when it takes over someone, does it pick up their memories? Ideally, yes. Okay. Um, if left alone is essentially a quote unquote perfect copy. Okay. Like with memories and everything? Apparently. Okay, because okay, it wasn't just me then. I kind of picked up on that too when I was watching this and I was thinking how it had like certain, it would, it was doing certain things and it seemed to be learning based on what they were saying or, or as it possessed different people. So, okay. Maybe it was learning like how to be that person. I mean, just because you dress up as Tiffany doesn't mean you're gonna be Tiffany. No, but if you shoot Tiffany with goo, I guess, and then absorb her into your body, I guess then you <laughs> have memories. I don't know. I mean, that's what it did yeah. with in this movie. So you've never seen the body snatchers, have you? No. Ooh. <laughs> can we? Yeah. Can we fix that? We yeah, can fix we that, should. right? Ooh, yeah. Excellent. Let's put. We should have put that on Spooktober. <laughs> Which one? The original one in black and white? I've no. Seen that, actually. No. I don't believe you. <laughs> I have. I mean, the, the one with Jeff Goldblum. Isn't he in one of them? <laughs> He was, yeah, yeah, he was in the, the 70s one. See that one? Okay, I know there's the one, the Daniel Craig one, too, later on with Nicole Kidman. Because he's shirtless in that, so, you know, I'll get a good, that'll be fun for me. He's also in The Fly, too. He's shirtless in that I don't need to see that movie again, ever. Why not? You want to oh. see, what's her name, have the baby? That movie is gross. That's the second one, I think. <laughs> movie is gross as hell. I've watched it once. I went through a phase where I tried to watch horror movies when I was older, because I skipped all the horror movies when I was a kid. Because you was. Yes. And that was one of the movies I, I watched the original Black and White Body Snatcher, watched the original Night Living Dead and Black and White, stuff like that. Apparently I never watched the thing, though, I realized. I'm, I'm, tr- I'm, I'm trying to not to not to sway too far from this, but I'm trying to think if there's a month that begins with C. There is not. That way we could do like Cronenberg Fest, where we can just like, make you watch the fly <laughs> Videodrome, like all just really just get you get you in the mood for, uh, <laughs> for I, I life. don't like black and white movies either. I know. You like Schindler's List? Never seen it. What? I know. I was you guy guys, who... I need a divorce. Somebody help me. Yeah, I just, yeah, never seen it. I love World War II stuff. Never seen Schindler's List. I've seen the real <laughs> stuff. I don't need to see the movie. I know what happened, unfortunately. It's a good so movie. I'm good. One day. All right, and I think. <sighs> and then you. On the yes, and you have a good scene where Blair infects the old guy. I don't remember his name, but he, like, he shoves his hand into his mouth and then, like, infects him that way. Yeah. yeah. It's good, yeah. though. He's great. And then the only, I think we're just a, only a few last, last things I want to say. Like, you have the part where when they're in the cellar, that's when he does the blow up with the dynamite, which I liked. I like the part when one, one creature lit on fire, runs out the door to try to, like, survive, and he throws, and he throws the dynamite at it and blows it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or the idea when, like, Kurt Russell comes back to the camp after they think he's a monster, and his and he knows he's a monster, so he just straps, a, has a flare, and has a dynamite, and says, sure, <laughs> blow me up, I dare you. <laughs> yeah. He does make a comment at one point where he's like, I know I'm not a monster, so it must be one of you. And I love and I love this. And Ken mentioned it earlier, but I love this more than paranoia. We're it's now we're now in mutiny world. Like we're now in mutiny, yeah. everyone for themselves. And the movie does this so beautifully because this is exactly, exactly what would happen if a group of people, any people we're together in this situation, not with a monster, but any sort of threat that was lingering with the fear of freezing to death. No more food. We have no way out of here. We're going to stay here for six, four months. There's a monster attacking us. And the fear now, who's who's infected? Like, who has the disease? I adore all of this. Um, have we gotten to the point where, where, Kurt, where McCready actually shoots the one guy in the head, just, just kills him? 
because he goes after him with the, uh, I think he had a knife or something. Yeah, he has a knife. I mean, that was Dog Guy, as I kept calling him, Clark. Yeah. <laughs> Where, right. yeah, it was early on. Like, you're in that, it's around that part before all the fire happened when he just, he tries to stab him with a knife and then Kurt Russell just shoots him in the head. And you learn so much about the character in that. Like, you learn so much about who he is and isn't, again, I don't know if this is the right thing, but this is the thing I'm going to do right now. And, uh, you know, that's really all it is. And it's it's, again, just setting tone and setting stakes. It's that is wonderful. It's wonderful. I also think part of it is he really believed that Clark was the thing because Blair put that in his head. head. But Blair was already infected, right? Yes. And that's why Blair said it to, to get the scent off the trail. But see, he didn't know that Blair was infected. No, but as you look back at the movie, I think, you know, I think that's why Blair says that. That's why you need to watch it and then rewatch because it'll make a little more sense. Well, a little bit. I, I don't know. Mike said it didn't. I think it'll make a little more sense if you watch it again. Mike was also editing Doom 3 at the time. So, hey. Yes. And with no sound on, evidently. So, I, <laughs> <laughs> no sound or subtitles. I had so sound enough to more. I couldn't. I only oh, hear when I edit. And then I usually read subtitles and have the other ear hear the TV. But in this case, I can only hear the TV. I couldn't read the TV. He had already seen us, no. so he didn't care. He was trying to explain it to me. <laughs> it wasn't working out. Yeah, we, we learned how that goes. Remember we watched Sandman? I read the books and tried to explain it to you, and I still couldn't. So, hey. He said, hey, I read the books. If you have any questions, didn't answer one of my questions. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, and the, one of the last things I want to talk about in this, or I'm going to talk about any anything else you guys want to cover that we haven't mentioned yet? Ken or Bill? Y'all got a favorite line? Oh, man. That's a very good question. I always like the ending, probably. That's my favorite line, what they say at the end. That. We'll talk We'll talk about it. I mean, we could linger on all. Well, I, well, I don't I don't know. What, what's yours, Ken? Mine is probably when Norris's head detaches from his body and grows legs. <laughs> and like lumbering out the door, Palmer looks over and you've got to be fucking kidding. <laughs> but isn't amazing. Palmer's infected at that point? Maybe. See, we don't know. We know yeah, knows. We really don't know. It's shortly yeah. after that Palmer flips out. It's all aliens for themselves. I guess, yeah. Maybe he was saying, you got to be kidding me, because he was like, oh, really? You're going to be this obvious about it? Now they're really going to kill you. <laughs> really? You're going to leave me behind? Just kind of leave <laughs> me just, yeah, head and legs and just, you know, just drop off onto the snow, huh? Great. Thanks. <laughs> okay. The head was on the I know. <laughs> Because you like gory, freaky stuff like that, too. I like special effects like that. I do not. I don't sleep That's well with stuff like I that. Liked it. I did a report in college, that one year college I took. <laughs> More than me. So, Ken, what uh, what Cronenberg movie are we making Mike watch next? Like, what's the first one you think we should ease him into? <laughs> oh, it's got to be Videodrome. Yeah, right? I'm thinking the same. Videodrome. That makes sense. Cool. I have cool. I've no never, idea. I've never heard of that. Or Scan. Oh, good. Scanner, <laughs> yeah, scanners be good. I, I, I think seen scanners. Oh, scanners okay, I've seen five minutes of scanner from the he- guy's head blew up, and then the movie got turned off. And then that was it. Perfect. Let's do video drum. He's never seen a single minute. Doesn't even know what it is. Tiff doesn't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And uh, we'll make that happen, Ken. Everybody, pay attention next Spooktober because we're gonna have some Cronenberg coming at you. That's it. And nothing but on the uh, nothing but on the docket. Uh, nothing but Cronenberg <laughs> on the uh, uh, on the poll. poll. Yeah, I don't think yeah. so. Just Why make not? a poll, Mike. Yeah, Mike. Can your next poll, Michael. It's your show. You can. You don't have to make it a Spooktober thing. You can make it Nasty November or Deadly December. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Just make a poll of Cronenberg stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Jerky January. 
You just do all the things that everybody forced you to do that you didn't want to have anything to do with. <laughs> I no, I can't. I missed what was some what January? Jerky January. There we go. Oh, <laughs> so good. Anyway, uh, this movie is too good for us to completely dance around it. I yeah. So I I don't really have a favorite line. I do like those reaction ones though, um, because it adds so much flavor. It's great flavor for what's going on, and it it just makes you laugh and. It also kind of lightens the tone, you know, because, again, the, the balancing act this movie does with tone is, is, is beautiful because it, when you think about it, it's kind of silly, right? We kind of analyzing it and we had this person get infected and you think about it, but then the, the tone balances out the silly, but then you get some one liner like that and it comes back in and like it's, man, it's like Thanos with that dopey balance thing on his finger. It's just <laughs> right there. Yeah, it's just Perfectly in the- balanced. It's in the pocket. It's in the pocket. And that is the best way I can describe it. <laughs> and uh, I, cause I said this to my friend who I was talking to today, I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of like this, it's like a little silly. It's a little dumb. And then after like really thinking about it and actually watching some scenes online before this recording, I'm like, Oh no, it's not. <laughs> it's actually not dumb. It's not dumb at all. And it's not, it's, it's fun. It's not silly. It's fun. I do want to talk about the ending because I have a lot of questions about that. You have one of the characters. I can't remember the guy's name, the black guy, Keith David, which I know the actor's name. Childs. Childs. And like he he he's in the movie off and on. He's one of the guys that wants to take or to take over. They do the they do the blood test him on like everyone else. He's in. He's not infected. But you have a point where he disappears when they're off trying to blow up everything up. And the very end of the movie is he's wearing a flamethrower and then he sits down next to Kurt Russell's character and they're both just going to freeze to death and they know it. He makes a comment. He's like, we're both too exhausted to do anything. You think he was or what do you Bill, Did you look up the ending before this? I did. I saw the whole ending. And, uh, it may I say first is that this ending is, is spectacular. Just, <laughs> this is spectacular. This is a brave ending to a movie that could have ended very cliche. Um, I don't, I just think two people, won the quote unquote, <laughs> they, they, they won enough. And now they're just going to freeze to death in the, in the cold which I think is probably yet yeah, you can make your mind up whether it's scarier than turning into a, a monster with nothing to eat. Because in the end of the day, if they turn into a crazy flesh monster, one of them's going to eat the other. And now y'all hungry. There ain't <laughs> nothing there. There's nothing. You killed all the damn dogs. <laughs> you killed all the everybody. You killed every, every, nothing, all your food is gone. So you're just going to be going <laughs> to yourself for the next however long it takes to, to perish. I don't or, think so. Oh, go ahead. Just- Wait, say that again, Ken. We missed that. I said, or he's just going to freeze, which is nothing to that monster. That's true. He has a point. Good point. It is okay. I was just wondering if, like, because I was thinking to myself, what if, you know, Keith Dave's character actually is the monster at this point? Like, he's the last bit of it, and they just, you know, he doesn't need to kill Kurt Russell because they're just going to freeze. It doesn't matter to him. I had to leave it open for a sequel. Except there never is a sequel. Isn't there? There's a. the 2011 movie is not a sequel. No, I thought there was a two. No. no Ken, not. is there? Ken, yeah, Ken, is there a second? There was going to be, actually. Oh. Uh, they had announced a sequel was going to happen as late as 1999, but it yeah. never came together. However, there was a video game. The Thing video game for um, PS2, Xbox. Yes. And in that, McCready survives, and that Carpenter considers that game canon. Wow. Interesting. Okay. okay. I know what okay. we're playing on the show now at some point. I know, right? Totally. I, okay. I, I, I know. I have to watch you this time. 
hand me some PS2 emulators and uh, away <laughs> we go. You know I, I can help you with that part. So, so the, yeah, I know the, you can. Re- the 2011 one, is that a remake? If it's not a sequel, is it just a flat out remake? I never saw it. I wasn't going to see well, it. Yeah, uh, like a From spiritual remake. Yeah. My Google, it's a Norwegian team. So <laughs> I don't think it's a It's a. It's from my understanding, it's the team that we saw in this movie that's all dead except for the two idiots. It's that team. From their uh, point of view. Yeah. Oh, so it's like Rising Sun or whatever from. It's a prequel. The Twilight Gut Lady. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. That was it's not that. But yeah, like what Ken said. Yeah, that, I didn't know that because I didn't even know there was a second movie, even though like it wasn't until recently when I was like, oh, yeah, there's two movies called the same thing. Yeah. I, I got a lot to say about this movie if we ever cover it. But if we don't, allow me to say uh, here and now definitively for the record, the 20, the new movie is not as bad as everybody says it is. You're telling me the Internet's wrong? that's blasphemy okay i am as a guy who had no interest in covering this movie for the show or have anything to do with it now i'm interested to cover the prequel and to cover the game especially now the game now that you tell me that the game's a is a sequel and considered canon i'm all i'm in interesting that's interesting i i yeah i mean i've 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 heard similar things can about the sequel i've never seen it prequel i guess and but uh, but i gotta say when it comes back to that ending I, for me, when I when I saw it, I was like, I don't think either of them are. I just think this is a slow, a slow death kind of really moribund ending. However, I think there is some goodness to goodness. There's a, a coolness factor to if one of them is the thing and one of them devours the other and they freeze. So people are coming back there in about five months. Like someone's coming back to rescue them. And, you know, they're going to be stupid and say, watch this. And take it back to some dopey lab, and all of a sudden, there you go. And now Blair's Blair's prediction and his computer thing is true, and we all die in three years. So I don't know if that's what the game is about, but okay. Well, if you're interested, I can I can help you find out at some point when I make myself play it. I, so. I have a funny feeling a AOL message is going to be uh, sent coming my way. Oh, sorry, AOL Facebook. message. An AOL. AOL. While you really <laughs> are, are you going to? Are you going to hit me up on AIM? And, uh, Turn Ryan? back time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll pull out MSN Messenger while I'm at it, too, and Yahoo Messenger, and maybe we can we can get the game off Kazaa. I don't think you have uh, my ICQ, but in case you don't... <laughs> I remember ICQ. Of course you do. <laughs> Kazaa was a very bad early download thing. It was a torrent, essentially, but it was bad because... Let's say here you want Donald and Harry Potter, but then you end up other movies that it would sneak onto your computer you wouldn't know existed, and then other people would it would use your computer as a to upload to other people, and you wouldn't realize what you had in your computer. It would hide it and change the names and stuff. Yeah, it wasn't nice. So, uh, you speak from experience. I didn't do it, but someone else I knew did. Ken, what? How did you steal content back in the early days of the internet? <laughs> what was your program of choice? Well, I went through all of them actually. I went through Audio Galaxy for music. That was the thing. I did the whole Bear Share, LimeWire, Kazaa, Napster, BitTorrent stuff. UTorrent was pretty much the last one that I stopped. That I yeah. used. I I I love I love conversations about old old media stealing because we <laughs> stole it back then and we're stealing it now and we're gonna keep stealing it. Damn it! Until you make it convenient and relatively inexpensive to own. So. That's that's what us pirates are gonna do. That's how we fight. That's how we fight <laughs> the law. Fight the man. All right, I don't I, okay. I don't think I have anything else to say about this film. Any last thing to say before we go to shelf stacker box? Okay. 
While you were staring right at I'll stare at the kitten and see if she was going to meow and voice her complaint <laughs> to what you're doing. Right in the microphone, kitty, meow. Okay, and that brings us to the shelf stacker box, and I'll go first since I have a controversial opinion. I'm actually going to put this in the box. I watched this movie twice. It's a great movie, but I never want to see it again because it creeped the hell out of me. I didn't sleep very good after I watched this movie. We will watch it again. It made me uneasy. We own it now, so it made me uneasy, so it's going in the box. Great movie, just not my thing. Not my thing at all. And what about you, Ken? Oh, it's definitely going on the shelf for me. This movie is actually the first movie of John Carpenter's Apocalypse Trilogy, which I would love to cover the rest of here someday. But it's it's just such a bleak movie that was probably hurt by the fact that it's one of the most nihilistic movies of all time. And like it's just it's it it may not be the perfect movie, but it's perfect for what it is. What is the other Apocalypse Trilogy movies? Uh, the other Apocalypse Trilogy movies are Prince of Darkness and In the Mouth of Madness. Okay, I don't know either one. I forget if In the Mouth of Madness is any good. Oh, when yeah. was that? When was that? Was that released relatively recently? I'm, or I'm thinking of, gosh, the other Lovecraft, co- not Color and the Shape. That's a Foo Fighters record, damn it. Stop thinking <laughs> of that. Jeez. Yes, thank you. Color and Shape. Oh, um, Sam Neill. Yes. Okay. You're in. He's in. I'm in. I know you are. <laughs> I really okay, like yeah. Sam Yes, I know you do. Yeah, I really want to see uh, Mouth of Madness. We can make that happen. I think that's... Let's set the whole calendar up right here for all our podcasts. Perfect. <laughs> I feel like I've seen Prince of Darkness, but I have no recollection of it. Prince of Darkness stars uh, Egg Shen from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. I have plays uh, Wang Shen. is also in it. Donald Pleasant, the Dr. Loomis from Halloween, is also in it. It's basically like a Carpenter's all. Alice Cooper is in it? Alice Cooper's in it. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> You win now. <laughs> okay. And Tiffany, what about you? Shelf stacker box. Well, I'm borderline between shelf or stack because it has fond memories for me. You know, a little three-year-old child. <laughs> Why are you shaking your head? Because that entered a life of horror. <laughs> but I don't know how often I watch it, but I I would still probably put it on the shelf. Okay. All right. And what about you, Bill? Well, before I state my shelf stack or box, which I think it should it should be painfully obvious what my what my opinion is at this point. I just want to state for the record that we should be ashamed as for four people who enjoy movies that we've talked more about Blade Trinity than we have talked about the thing. Okay, we have shame on all of us. Shame on all of us for 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 only spending about 90 minutes at this point talking about this glorious piece of early 90s horror. So anyway, apologies to those who are listening. Um, hey, this movie did not it. have vampire dildos. So, you know, it just vampire. Oh, we're watching that. Movie. And Blade Trinity. Fuck out. So I very I'll state it very quickly. It's this is this is absolutely a shelf. From the incredible effects, yeah, obviously even beyond the effects. The effects are amazing, right? They're wonderful. You watch them on yeah. YouTube, you go, and that's and that's great. But <laughs> golly, it it's it, it's a masterwork of tension and tone, and it hits every single note it tries to play. And and while I don't think I can say it's a perfect movie, there may be some tiny little hairline cracks. It's it's pretty close, and I'm looking forward to a full viewing. <laughs> on my own that I don't have to take notes for, for a show. And I apologize again. I don't have more material for you because of my lack of prepare, lack of preparedness. 
You remember um, it pretty well, though. <laughs> again, this movie makes an impression. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so it's I'm glad right. I remember this. Part. I mean, it did. The fact that I remembered that ending and I remembered the, the part where he throws a dynamite near the end, I remembered all that clearly. When I first saw Palmer, I knew exactly that Palmer was going to break break open. The last time I would have seen that scene of this movie would have been before I moved to Minnesota, which I moved to Minnesota in 2006, 2007. So, I mean, I hadn't seen and I hadn't looked up anything about the movie. I, I hadn't touched anything with this film since then. And it stuck with me all this time. Out of all the bullshit I've watched, that stuck with me. So, I mean, this movie does leave a last impression. It's just, again, horror movies are not my thing. I I didn't even like Nightmare Before Christmas. That movie freaked me out. So, uh, How am I married to you? I need a divorce. Okay. That's right what I'm <laughs> so that's i mean that's just me like it, it's people shouldn't take it as a thing of you know a movie being bad it's just i don't like horror movies like i just don't like things that creep me out i just never will now and yet I you allow us to do this to you all the time spooktobers every spooktober i wa- I, I break down like when I, when I was playing doom 3 and i first started playing doom 3 and i was like oh great here we go again spooktober uh, every year <laughs> same thing it's just not i only do it once a year i mean my old cast, I used to do a lot more horror stuff, and then they left, and now I don't do any horror stuff, really, except for Spooktober. But we'll see. I should go see all of them. There's a horror con coming this weekend, and, like, two or three actors from The Thing are coming. Oh, come on. <laughs> Kurt Russell, I'd be there in a heartbeat. Let's see. Okay, so it's um, but it's not Kurt Clark Russell. Richard Mosser, who played Clark, right? Am I right? Sure. Entirely <laughs> sure. Um, and Thomas G. Waits, but I don't know who he played. Okay. Nobody? Yeah, nothing. So sorry. All right, and I guess I don't have anything else to say. I hope you enjoyed this spooky episode, and, and Bill is right, which is kind of funny, because actually there's an hour and 18 raw audio at the moment, not hour and a half. So, so Bill, this hour. is even shorter than what you were thinking from what it's we did on Blade Trinity. It's an hour. It's, so. it's, it's, a, it's a travesty. Uh, <laughs> it's a travesty. <laughs> I think I we spent more time talking about Reanimator than we did this movie. Well, Reanimator is just a... Every animator is just a, another <laughs> piece of cinematic bliss. So. You know, I want to meet that actor now. I really do. Uh, the guy that, the cons. Her, uh, yeah, he does. Just none around here. I don't think. Not since I realized he existed. Because he's a, a Star Trek actor, too. He played in a bunch of Deep Space Nine. Jeffrey Coombs. So he might come Jeffrey to Comic-Con. Yeah. No, he would come to Horcon because he's known for like, reanimator other horror movies. Oh. He's yeah, also he shows known. Up to stuff. Yeah, he, yeah. He, yeah he, he's shown up to stuff. So well, I would 100% go see him. But it wouldn't be for reanimator. <laughs> but I would make the joke. <laughs> All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can also vote for the show on our Patreon for little to dollar. You can vote in different polls. We have a poll every month so you can help support the show and help affect the, some of the crap that I force myself to watch when when spooky time comes around. And it's not my choice. So <laughs> like every other poll it mostly is. And we do have two polls going right now. We have a horror movie and a top 10 horror poll. I'm not going to say what they are because I don't even remember off the top of my head, but go check those out. Mine down there. It's not winning. No, it's not. That's a good That's thing. Rude. Shut up. I don't <laughs> make you watch that movie, goddammit. <laughs> okay. And what was I going to say? And check out Bill's podcast, A Gamer Looks at 40, where he interviews people how video games affect their life. See, that's the that's, that's the plug I use for you, Bill, every every week. That seems the most accurate way to say it. It's efficient, it's it's accurate, and it's lovely. If you asked me to do it, I would <laughs> prattle on for a minute. So and add more time to this already long episode about a beautiful thing. So. <laughs> please, thank you, thank you for, for your conciseness, sir. <laughs> and please I, I am tired though. And then please check out our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, yeah, you and YouTube. We're on YouTube audio only, but we are there. People think that when I post movies, it's actually the film. Nobody will in this case, it'll be too short, but it does happen sometimes. <laughs> 
And <laughs> I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Has Fear. You can follow her on TikTok. And also, last thing I want to say is we have a Discord. Join our Discord, comment, talk with us. and We have a Discord? Yeah, I made a Discord finally. What? Like a month ago. And you didn't tell really? me? Really? Apparently not. No, yeah, I have a Discord. No, no either. Apparently you don't listen to my plugs every week. <laughs> 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 I don't listen to your podcast, so then I wouldn't listen. Yeah, I know. Bill does, at least. Oh, does he? Yes. Good for you, Bill. Good for you. <laughs> I do. I do. Not just the episodes I'm on. I do. It's, <laughs> it's, just I'm I, really, genuinely, really enjoying the uh, the eight hours of memories oh. uh, for the 100K. I really am. <laughs> and I really liked your story. I thought it was really cool. Um, so You. Oh, me? Oh, maybe you, Ken. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Ken. Oh, oh yours was too tip, too. Whatever. Sorry. <laughs> It was a work of art. It's the only. It's one of the only things I consider a work of art that I've done on the show. Really, it was a good idea. It was pain in the ass. Good idea. Yeah, my wife got mad at me. I think sometimes too, but it was mm-hmm. worth it. I gotta go record for fifteen minutes, forty-five minutes later. That's very accurate. I only had to record for fifteen. I just had to chat for half an hour. Come on now. All right. So if you can't find what you're looking for, you can find everything on Podbean. Our whole catalog is on Podbean. So check out our whole ep- all our episodes. We have over three hundred and fifty other episodes. And we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. So long.